This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Welcome to Dragon Heart. Lots been happening this week in the world of Wrexham. We've got the Eastley game to talk about. We've got the county game. And the county game is an occasion, really. We've got the new sign-in. Well, our last sign-in. And probably talk about a little bit of the whole transfer budget as a whole. Mm. And we're going to talk about our new long throws. How are you, how's it going, Mark? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, I'm enjoying listening to this fly buzzing around in the background. It'd be just to see if it makes a guest appearance or not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite a week. We're going to say that every week now, aren't we? To be, yeah, <laughs> to be honest, but yeah, it's been quite a week. I, I think it's quite uh, under new regime. It's just crazy every single week. Something's happening. So yeah, yeah let's get on to it. This is Sean Brisley. This is Dragon Heart. Let's see Rexamar again building from the back. Hayden drills a good ball to the feet of Mullen who spins. Rackholds outside me. Puts Hayden one on one with the keeper. Hyde. 1 0 to Wrexham. Jake Hyde scores his first goal for Wrexham. And well, I've got to say, there was real quality in that. The good pass out from the back by Hayden after Lainton had played a nice ball to him. He drilled it into Mullen. And Mullen's pass, wow, I mean, that's real class. He's one-on-one with the keeper, can't finish. Great pressure, this from Wrexham again. Hayden digs it out, can't find a teammate as his ball came to him awkwardly. And now can easily break, that's a good pass. They bypass Wrexham's midfield. House spreads, looking for Barnett, good pass. Barnett now, 25 yards out, looks for the overlap, but he hasn't got there yet. He tries to feed it the other way, and it's good work by French, covering back to intercept. Now, a run in behind Wrexham's defence is an awkward one, volley towards goal, good save by Lainton. Great work that by House who then fouls French, free kick, as Lainton knocks it long, and Boyce had to stretch the stop, going straight to Mullen, records them well with a loose ball, finds Hyde, Mullen chests it back to him on the edge of the area, here's Davis now, standing up to the far post, teasing ball that, hook back in the goal mouth, Hyde, what a save, unbelievable save from McDonnell, it just had to be a goal that, it was put back into the goal mouth by Mullen, and Hyde, six yards out, drilled it into the roof of the net, and yet somehow, McDonald, who seems to be on the way down, got his hands up and pushed her over the bar. Here's Davis with the corner, sweeps it under the bar, flicked on, 2-0, Jake Hyde's got another. Oh, that was all about the delivery though, wasn't it, Jordan per- Davis? Perfect delivery, no one else was going to get there apart from Jake Hyde. And all he had to do, get his head to it, drifted straight to the uh, far corner of the neck, 2-0. Mullen working hard to close down Miley, Whelan. Nice little give and go to the halfway line, but Records gets a foot in as Hale has the wing back dallies and Mullen bursts forwards, gets into the box, beats his man, beats another, hits a shot, oh. keeper pushes it up in the air oh. and just about gets to the loose ball as Hyde was looking for a tap in. Nobody on the halfway line as Young lifts it in behind, that's a dangerous looking ball, Hayden pulls it back, toes and shoots, good save! Third great save by McDonald, toes on the corner of the six yard box, good, good. First time contact with his left foot, heading for the bottom left cor- uh, corner, and the keeper did well to get down and push it behind for a corner. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragon Hearts. Well, easily, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game, but I'm with a man that was, who did commentate on it. But for me, what a solid victory. Yeah, exactly. It was really good. Um, Eastley causes problems on set pieces, but not otherwise really. And their keeper McDonald made a string of fantastic saves. We could have we could have beaten them by a heck of a lot more than we did. Uh, so yeah, I was really really happy with the performance. Something that really pleased me as well was Harry Lennon. You know, I mean, like I said, he's 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 not re- he hadn't played this year until he came on as a sub at Solihull. He'd not got a full 90 in during pre-season and you know, maybe he's a gamble, but by the same token, you know, if we're going to bring in good people on the rehabilitation side and the sports science side, as we build up behind the scenes, which is what we should do, maybe they're thinking this is somebody that we can, we can get fit. And yeah, he played the full 90 and did very well. The back three in general uh, pleased me to be honest with you, especially the way they bullied um, Tyrone Barnett, the big target man. Mm. He had to go off after half an hour, and they knocked him around quite a lot, to be honest with you, and he's a sort of strong bloke who knocks people about. So, 
yeah, I, I liked. I, I, there were lots of aspects of that game I really enjoyed. Well, listening to the the radio commentary, it sounded like we were in control of the match mm. for the majority of the game. Is that true? I think pretty much. I mean, Whelan, the player they've signed from Chesterfield, and I don't know why Chesterfield would let him go. Um, he was by far and away Eastleigh's best player, and I thought Eastleigh looked a good team. That's another thing that pleased me. Yeah. They were a good team at home, but I I thought we were comfortable winners. Whelan was the main problem, but mostly because he had fabulous delivery from corners and free kicks, and he was ripping some brilliant stuff in. So they did have chances, and they had chances when it was nil nil, but they didn't take them. Yeah. And then when Hyde got his chance, which I thought was a that goal. I think we should look at that as the template of what Parkinson's trying to do, to direct, fast, forward passing, to splitting teams open. Yeah. I mean, it was, Linton rolls it to Toza, Toza passes it 20 yards forward to Hayden, Hayden then drills a fantastic pass to Mullen, over 30 yards, Mullen plays a little reverse ball and hides one-on-one, and then Hyde was just so confident with that one-on-one, brilliant, just sat McDonald down, rolled the red. But that was it was it was direct passing. And I'm not saying long ball. Um, I don't know people who use direct passing and they mean long ball. It's not long ball, but it's just we're just passing through the thirds very quickly. Bang, 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 goal. And that's what clearly what we're looking to do. We're fast. We've got technical players, and we look to pass directly from the back. And it was that, I think that's the blueprint for what mm. Parkinson's looking to do with this team. Uh, um, we we have some players who quite clearly look like they're too good for this level. Yeah. <laughs> and Hyde, who has always played, well, no, not always played at this level, but hasn't been shining in the football league when he's been there. He's had three prolific seasons and he scores two goals at Eastleigh. And yeah, he just looks like a, a striker who will get you goals. He'll be in the box and he'll get in some of his missed chances on Monday, I know, but yeah, but the fact is, he's in those great positions, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. That Mullen Hyde combination for me mm. is looking fantastic. And we looked at, like we brought. I think that's how we brought Mullen in to do the goal scoring, but for me, he's doing a lot of the hard work yeah, and the, yeah. and the the link up play with Hyde, and they look like a brilliant partnership that's developing, and it's so exciting to see. And it's nice to see that we have other striking options. So I don't think if we go up this season, it's not because of lack of striking options. It's it's going to be because yeah. of something else. Yeah, exactly. I I just think with Mullen, he's. The Solihull game was probably his best performance so far at the three. I think he looked mm. a little bit tired with the Eastley and Notts County games in the sort of last twenty odd minutes. Yeah. Um, but despite that, you look back, you know, at, at the main incidents, and so many of them involve him. Yeah. Even, even though you think, oh, he's a little quieter. Uh, yeah. Even on a quietish day, he's still a threat. He's still got assists. Well, assist in one game and a goal in the other. Mm. You can't say much better for <laughs> more than that. Definitely, definitely, and it's it's just really exciting times for this partnership. I just can't wait to see it flourish. And Dior Angus as, as well. We'll talk about a Not Notts County game. He's made a few good cameos too, didn't he? He was impressive at Eastley. Yeah, yeah, he was really good at Eastley. Um, running good tyres, terrified defenders. Yeah. Uh, he was very, very lively indeed, and was a little lucky not to score. He had one chance where he set himself onto his right foot and hit it, and Everybody, everybody in the stand thought he'd scored, and they just whistled past the post. And another one where he just went running down the left channel, and they couldn't cope with his pace. He's yeah, he looks excellent. And what I like about Dior this season and Ponticelli as well is every time they're going to play, they're going to have to really prove something to try and get on that first team sheet. And it's going to be really interesting when we're playing cup games because I, mm. I, I think we play, we should be playing them to as as our forwards for cup games to see what they're up, we're up to because for me that that <laughs> Dior Angus has got the potential to be a starter to push the the mm. two the two guys in the main uh, two, the two strikers that we have. Yeah, absolutely. It be interesting to see what Parkinson does with cup games because, of course, his reputation to a great extent has been made by cup runs. Yeah, it's be interesting to see how seriously he takes the trophy but, in the FA Cup. With the trophy, personally, I think. Our second team should be beating a lot of the the lower national league, national league, and national league south and north teams. You're anticipating something. I, I think I might talk about when we talk about Bryce Susanna arriving. Because yeah. I, I agree. I think our backup eleven is pretty decent. Yeah. Because we we've had a good transfer window, haven't we? Yeah, we've had a really good transfer window. But anyway, back to the Eastleigh game. 
Just quickly, your overall thoughts on how you felt after the game? Very happy. I thought we were in control of it. Uh, like I said, apart from the danger from set pieces, but you can, you know, teams will make chances. You can't you can't yeah. legislate against that. Um, but we looked pretty much in control. Hyde's second game goal, beg your pardon, pretty much killed the game dead. And uh, it's a nice feeling to to have. You know, you're watching Wrexham playing in a tough away game, thinking, oh, this is a this is a done deal. We won this one. Who move on to the next? It was it was very very pleasing indeed. It, I was very, very pleased with Zola. Gutted I obviously couldn't watch it because I sort of got used to the luxury of watching every home and away game last season. It's something I think a lot of fans are going to be missing. But I, I, it's obviously for good reasons. I, I don't think game, every game should be televised anyway. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to get four points out of those first two games, isn't it? And yeah. really, I think we could have easily lost both those games and we're a team that's really... Teething, having teething problems, we're transitioning to a team, we're building a team at the moment, and we've not lost those any of those two games. We took four points from playoff contenders. Got to be happy with that. Yeah, I know everyone's talking about us gelling, and it clearly is true. Yeah, because players have been coming in between fixtures, but I still think we look pretty much where we need to be. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody who watched well any of those games. Could, could make a case for saying that we should be favourites to win it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in an Easter game amongst them. We, we played three of the tougher games. Yeah. You know, Solly Hull won 15 home games last season and they only got a point from us because they scored in the 94th minute. Eastley, uh, you know, like us, missed out on the promotion on the last day, of, oh, sorry, the playoffs on the last day of the season. Yeah. Both those teams have had good transfer windows. Notts County are a serious title contender. Um, and we were the better side in all three games. Solly Hull the side who gave us the biggest game, yeah. the toughest game, if you like, but we still should have won it, and we still took control of it for about 70 minutes, didn't we? You know, so, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm utterly delighted with this. And I, th I think, yes, there's still some jelling to come, but I think we're, we're already pretty much where we ought to be, I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, I think so too. And it, it, it's getting... It's getting really tasty. It's it, it's not been like this for some years where you're really excited to watch the football that we're producing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's been fluent, it's enjoyable, hasn't really it? Yeah, absolutely. And as talking about enjoyable, we're now going to talk about that amazing night at the racecourse last Monday. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes, and uh, this is Dragon Hot. So. Wrexham waiting for the go-ahead. Let's go out. Okay. Wasn't like this would be Blake Green's athletic, was it? <laughs> the noise is terrific here at the race goes. Two stands open and they're packed full of people who want to hear, want to be heard as Mullen's about to get the game underway. The referee, Thomas Parsons, gives us the go-ahead, and away Wrexham goes, short corner, edge of the area, Davis, it's Meese, drills it, and it's Holmes, ricochets just wide, give up a Wrexham man last, wow, cross comes in from Davis now, looking again for Mullen, who brings it down beautifully, left-footed shot is blocked, it's oh. to Young, and you're over, 28th minute, this is fun, <laughs> and taken short but the best return ball it's given away now Young driving on it feeds to the edge of the area Mullen turns right footed shot oh. his hands go down to his left didn't quite get in the corner did he? yeah no. I think the deflection took a lot of pace off the ball as well but yeah he, he didn't get hold of the ball properly yeah. as Young goes up so does Jones as well wins the header finds Mullen French in the halfway line plays the early diagonal and um, Hyde must be offside he nods it back Jones hits it it's Cameron now swinging in the cross of the Fabos. It's a good cross. Watson heads it and it's in! Watts County score! Massively against the runner play, but what a cross that was by Cameron. Those are looking for Mullen. Ooh, just about cleared by Cameron. Hyde does well on the slide to work it wide. Hey, that rhymes. French feeds it inside. Oh, wicked cross! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, 
Kerry Evans and you're listening to Dragonheart Radio Show. Well, we finally made our proper return to the race course. I know we had that Curzon Aston game. That was just a friendly against Curzon Aston. This this was the real deal, wasn't it? Oh, didn't it feel like a real deal? Man. <laughs> you know, it was just... Do you know when you get go to football games, especially at a higher level, when you go to watch a game at Premier League and you round the ground, there's this like tension in the air, isn't there? If something something amazing is going to happen, and you don't get that often with lower league teams. I find, and I, I find when you, it, it's like once or twice a season, maybe a derby day at Wrexham or something like that, or you know when we played Salford, there was that sort of tension in the air. Going to a first game of the season against, you know, a big club in Notts County, but there was just, it felt like something special was going to happen, doesn't it? It's oh. something in the air. That fan zone in the turf. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't in it, obviously, yeah. um, because I was in the ground, but just listening to it in the ground, yeah. just hearing the sound coming over was fantastic. And, and, you know, some of the photographs from in there as well. Just amazing isn't it I think fantastic idea by the turf for setting up that fan yeah. zone because I think that could be a fantastic avenue to really create an atmosphere at the race course which yeah. I think don't take us the wrong way Wrexham fans but I think we've maybe been lacking that sort of thunderous atmosphere for a long time really it's I mean there's been it's been good but for National League but not yeah. doing that Maybe the, the 98 point season when the whole ground was rocking yeah. a lot. We've missed that, haven't we? The last couple of years has been um, division as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Really? And, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's hurt the atmosphere. Yeah. Or it's made you feel like the atmosphere could change depending on a couple of events on the pitch. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was fabulous. I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, a few years ago, my lad was saying, because we, we, we do like a cheap Bundesliga weekend that we used to when we were allowed to travel around. Uh, you know, get a cheap flight to somewhere in the sort of western part of Germany. Yeah. Get get to a game or two, and the sort of football culture there of going along and having like a sort of fan park thing or a walk to the ground, like a good beer and good sausages. That's all you need, my friends. Yeah. Um, you know, and enjoying the game, the pre-game. Um, and he always said, "Oh, Rexham, he's trying to do something like that. Have a walk from town or something like that. Yeah. Try and have a fan zone at the ground." And, and he's right. And I think that shows just what that sort of thing can do because it was brilliant and it definitely created and started up an atmosphere which yeah. then was brought into the ground. If I can say as well, so you're right when you say about Premier League games, that sense of you going to an occasion that has importance. Yeah. But what I feel the Premier League then and other you know big venues and stadiums often get wrong is that then once you get into the ground, it becomes... Uh, sort of homogenised, boring. You could be anywhere yeah. in the world, yeah. sort of experience. Yeah. Whether yeah. loud, you know, they, they turn the PA's on much too loud. It seems to be as if, well, we want to drown the fans out and just throw the same songs you hear at all football grounds at yeah. them, and have some guy who's got a sort of a, a smooth kind of radio delivery to say, okay, here comes your team, number yeah. one, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I think that's poor and generic, and. I think that if you create an atmosphere outside like we did, I'm not knocking us, by the way, I'm not trying to say yeah, we did that, yeah. but in the Premier League, you go inside and it all comes a bit plastic. And yeah. I think that you need to, you know, and I'd love to see us doing this, just, yeah, just, no, just let that atmosphere now come into the ground. Yeah. Um, Tim Vickery on the World Football Phone always says, you know, in Argentina, they don't play music beforehand because the fans will come in an hour before and they'll be singing. Yeah, and that's that's building an atmosphere. So Wembley's the worst. You oh, matches at Wembley, worst, worst stadium in the country. Oh, it's just a blast. I mean, the, the, the huge concert speakers yeah. just blasting the same corny old, you know, rocking yeah. all over the world sort of thing at you. Yeah. That tonight's going to be a good night. Mm, yeah. you're so loud you can't hear yourself think. I, yeah. I want to hear fans singing. I want to yeah. hear noise, which is football related. Yeah. Thank you. Not just. I was thrown down the throat into my ears and I just loved that that was a proper pre-match atmosphere when you think about fan experiences pre-match experiences of Wrexham yeah. Brighton Brighton away yeah. when you're sitting there and you can hear the Wrexham fans in the concourse all singing and going nuts beforehand when I'm sitting in the main stand so what it must have been like in there 
Um, that has nothing to do with having music blasted loud at you from a PA. It has nothing to do with anything except fans creating atmosphere because this game means something. Yeah. Uh, and I love the idea that we could do that sort of thing um, ourselves and you know and avoid the the Wembley pitfall of blasting the same generic rubbish at everybody and telling everyone to be quiet and sit down. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We we do need to transfer that into the stadium and you know I think it worked the atmosphere was electric oh, yeah. I think it can get even better mm. oh, that's yeah. that's the scary thing I was thinking there's only two stands here and the rowdy the rowdy stand is not available at the moment yeah that's the other thing I was thinking actually it's two sides all right does that really compress the sound and make it better or is it that you know when we're three sided it's going to be a bigger more people there and it's going to be really nuts it's the yeah. other thing to say, of course, was our experience commentating. Yeah. That when, I mean, the headphones that we wear are designed to keep sound out. Yeah. Didn't keep that sound out. That is the loudest I've ever experienced. I've been in much, much bigger crowds. Yeah. But that was the loudest crowd noise around me I've experienced in a football match. And um, I was, anyone who's listening on mixed level will know I was, I was asking a few times, you can hear us, can't you? And it was very reassuring to see the message saying, you can't be through loud and clear, because I was struggling to hear our voices on the headphones, even though they're designed to mean that I can clearly hear us and what's going out and not the noise around me. Normally, I can't take with the headphone off because it makes you feel so cut off from what's going around you. And this time, it was so raucous all the way through, I couldn't, I couldn't hear ourselves. And I think it's usually because the area around where we can't take is not usually raucous, is it? It's not... It's yeah. not. It's my first time commentating there, but I, yeah. I'd usually, I'd usually identify with the Rex Rand stand being the more rowdy stand, and yeah. maybe even the Mold Road as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still get, you still get noise. You still get the odd. You know, yeah. You still get, you still do get. It's still atmospheric. There. Yeah, yeah. But it was constant. It was tremendous atmosphere, wasn't it? Really fabulous. Well, off. Oh, it, it, it was. It was a special, special occasion, and it was a good, good match too. I think yeah, it, was, it was such a fantastic um, advert for the national league because I think you know better than that thing on the slag even was stopping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it is. But I think as you know, the, the quality both sides produced, I think how Notts County kept us out for as long as they did proved that they've got a really, really solid football league ready defence. Yep. And we've yeah. got a football league ready attack and defence. I just thought of them that as a unit they didn't cope with us at all defensively, but as individuals they did well. You know, yeah. loads of last ditch interceptions and good headers and balls into the box, and a lot of that stuff is only they have to make desperate interceptions because we've outmaneuvered them. Yeah, um, we should have scored a lot more goals than one. I was astonished when I had a quick listen back to bits of the BT coverage of the year. The commentators say a draw would have been a fair result. In what universe would that match have ended in a draw and it been a fair result? And maybe bounce at them. We could have scored five in the first half. Yeah. Uh, and in a way, we ourselves to blame. I mean, Hyde, a number of times that Hyde was unmarked six yards out and we failed to hit him. Yeah. Um, although, to be fair, he then did get the ball unmarked six yards out and missed. And that was quite a bad miss, really. Everybody really knows that. Um, that's just one of those things, but the fact is he's getting in that fantastic positions, he's going to score goals, but yeah, we should have battered them, we should have yeah. absolutely battered them. We, sh we should have done, and that, I'm not getting too worried all of a sudden, but if you, if it's later on in the season, this is still happening, that's when it becomes a worry, when you're not putting your chances away, but you've got to remember, nine out of ten sides in the conf in the National League would not be able to cope with that pressure. Oh gosh. Uh, I would argue Notts County didn't. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think their defenders individually did a lot of good work. Yeah. Their keeper had a good game as well. Yeah, now yeah, and exactly. down the angles yeah. and what have you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they still they didn't cope with us because we could no. easily have scored four or five goals in that game. They didn't cope, but they still did the job to get. Yeah. For me, is a massive point for them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think hats off to them. Yeah. That they, they managed to scrape a point out of that yeah. performance, really, because. They didn't really do anything to impress me compared to, say, Notts County of last season when we played yeah. Mahomes, like well, not even six months ago now. Two opposite games, weren't they, yeah, really? Yeah, exactly. Notts County, the similar side, outclassed us in the first half, didn't they? Mm, yeah, yeah. And now 
<laughs> we were all over them like a rash. And if we can do that to a side like Notts County, if we can keep up this pace for the whole season, it's going to be fun. I thought a really interesting indicator in the first half hour or so when we absolutely dominated them was that we were playing at such a pace and we were pressing intelligently. And that's another thing I, I, I feel, and that is something that will develop more as time goes yeah. on, they can spend more time together. The, the organisation of the press is really good, I think. But we were caused them so many problems that a team like that, which as you say, in the last season, the first half showed how good they are moving the ball around. Yeah. Couldn't, they just couldn't. And I felt, well, I mean, I, I was quite critical of them really at the time because you know they're a good passing team, and yet I felt they were they were forcing the ball forwards too early. Yeah. I felt they needed to move the ball around, um, take the sting out of the press, try and pass their way around the press patiently, and then start playing more progressive passes once they'd done that. And I felt that too often that defenders or midfielders sometimes were, were hurrying that ball forwards and giving us the ball. Mm. Um, but I suppose, you know, on reflection as I think about it. And being unfair, yeah. the fact is, we took on a really good passing team and made them look like a bad passing team. They couldn't do what they normally do because we were constantly in their faces and we were pressing, like I said, in an organised way that just made life difficult for them and they couldn't back themselves to do what they normally do. So I, I still think they were wrong in a sense that they should have back themselves to try and pass their way mm. and, and keep the ball, even if not really getting anywhere, just to drag us around a bit. But it was really hard for them because we were so damn good without the ball. And that, that's encouraging. And, and like I said, other teams who aren't as good as Notts County will, will crack under that sort of pressure. And not, the way Notts County play, if they play like that against 90% nine, 90 of the teams in the National League, they'll pass them off the park. Yeah. Yeah. And we just didn't let them do it, and I, I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah. Was some, but the only problem, the only gripe I have about that Wrexham performance is we didn't put the goal, the yeah. ball in the back of the net as enough as what we should have done. And it's a little surprising now, isn't it? You know, we we've got quality in that yeah. side that we'd expect to finish yeah. chances off. But you know, it's it's a one-off game. But we had a disallowed goal that shouldn't have been disallowed. Yes, that's true. Although I'm not going to be a hypocrite. At the time, I thought he looked well offside. And it's only looking at the footage afterwards that I understand that he wasn't. But we also had the goal that should have been disallowed as well. Mullen's hand. I'm not so sure about that, are you? Have you seen the photo? It looks like it's hit his hand. I, I haven't seen the photo, but I don't trust photos. Okay. Let's look at the video of it. Okay, I mean, okay. I've watched the BT replays from loads of different angles and I can't see a handball in there. Okay, all. okay. Most County aren't complaining about handball at the time. Well. You know, I mean. But, but yeah. If that went to VAR. They wouldn't disallow it. There's, there's not enough evidence that there's a handball in that. Okay. Now, if he's, if it's flicked his hand or something, I don't know. But okay, I'm okay. Not, I'm not convinced. So we'll, we'll, I'll give you that one then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but uh, as I said, we we created a lot of chances. We had a goal that was disallowed that we shouldn't have been disallowed. But to be fair, we all said on commentary from the angle we were standing that he did look a bit offside, didn't he? Mm. So yeah, mild offside. To me. I could see why the linesmen's give it. Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. just one of those. You, without VAR, you, this is just what you're going to get at this level, isn't I it? I've got no complaints about linesmen for getting that wrong. Yeah. You know, you know, I'll you know I'll whinge about officials. Yeah. But that guy, it's it's a tight call. He is on side, but it's tight, and I got no problem whatsoever with the fact the guy put his flag because he's given his honest opinion. Um, yeah, absolutely and fair that, enough. Lovely finish for Jones by Jones, though. Yeah. I'm simply sorry for him because he nailed that, didn't he? Yeah, it was. A re it, that would have been a great way to start mm. the the season at the race course, wouldn't it? As well, yeah, yeah. but I think the officials as a whole had an all right game, didn't they? For that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing when you come yeah, to National yeah, League refs yeah. because yeah, that's true. they they make some of the bizarrest decisions, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. we? I remember there's so many times in commentary last year we were being confused of what's happening when referees done something. Yeah. So yeah, I think they had an, an okay game for National League refs so far. So what about any individual performances that were noticeable for you? Uh, James Jones straight away, I would say. It's funny, at the end of the broadcast, we usually pick a man of the match, and we sort of didn't, did we? Yeah. Because we were sort of thinking there's so many good performances. I would have leaned towards James Jones, but when the manager brings a player off, you think, oh, okay, they've seen something I haven't in terms of what they wanted from him. I think he's been really good these two first games. He's box to box, full of energy. 
I mean, good technique, that goal. Wow. I mean, what a lovely finish it was. I just like the look of him. He he can be, I've said this on Saturday, he can be played into difficult positions and he's calm and can protect the ball. He uses the ball well. Um, he drifts out into those right-sided mm. half spaces and, and delivers and he puts a fabulous cross for the goal. And I, I really, really like the look of him. I think that in those... I'm, I'm very happy. It's one of those seasons where clearly players have been bought in order to fit into a system. Yeah. And I feel very happy that that style of play I was talking about when we were saying about Eastley, that direct passing through the opposition's lines. Um, he's suited to that right side of the midfield three. He's in front of Hayden, who looks for those sort of passes, and then he's the sort of player who'll take a touch on the half turn and then play an early ball to a striker and it'll be accurate. Yeah. Um, he's not. You know, you wouldn't look at him and say his main attribute is is passing, but he's a good passer of the ball. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Evan's gonna look at his hustle and energy and he's a bit like Luke Young in that respect, but that's true with Luke Young as well. Luke Young's a very good user of the ball. Um, and I, I really like the look of Jones. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be so a superb signing. Would you have said he was the man of the match for you that game? I think I'd be tempted to. But yeah. there were lots of other good performances, weren't there? Yeah. The, I think Tyler French had a good game for the yeah. most part. A bit erratic at times, yeah, I yeah. find. Uh, Jamie Record, I thought, had a cracking game as well. I think he put some cracking tackles in, but like Record usually is, again, a bit erratic, like yeah. French. I think he had a cracking game. I think Hayden looked absolutely class. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I think he looks a real cut above. Mm. Um, really impressive him. And the standing Tozer, I think he's everything that we yeah, thought. Yeah. He's going to be. Yeah. He had that bad moment, didn't he, where yeah. uh, Mitchell got round the side of him yeah. a bit easily. But apart from that, he looks like a very strong presence. He's going to be a class actor, isn't he? He, he, he looks, yeah, he's, he's very commanding as well, isn't yeah. he? And one person I really like to talk about was Claire Worth, really. He did well, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Really impressive. For how, how old is he? I want to say 19. Yeah, that's. And I what, can find out. <laughs> what I liked about him was. They were all passing the ball to him. He was involved in a lot of the play, and he didn't. He looked a bit nervous at parts. Of course, he's going to be nervous. Local lad playing in front of all those people, and I think he he's definitely earned himself a place as a part of the rotation squad. Yeah, and that's something that I think we'll probably have a look at, isn't it, when we're thinking about Hazana coming in. Yeah. Cleworth stepping up and being a reliable part of our rotation yeah. is a big part of our squad building. It's like having a new sign-in, isn't it, in uh, some regards? It's very good on the ball. That uh, fits in so well to what we want to do. You could use him. He's, he's played before as a defensive midfielder. Yeah. I really think Cleworth's got something about him. Yeah. Um, to go back to uh, Hayden as well. Mm. Well, you saw it, didn't you, after the match? I was paying him a compliment. Yeah. And he said, oh, I've not got started yet. And I thought well, that was a very encouraging thing to hear from a bloke who's really impressing me. Not got started yet. I liked his mannerisms. <laughs> very, very yeah. confident, wasn't he? And yeah. I, I like that in a football player. Football yeah. players should be confident in their own ability and saying, I can do better. Yeah, I look good right yeah. now, but I can do better than this. I really like that. When I said to him about Barnish, the big target yeah. man at Eastley, and it sounded like they did relish giving him a hard physical time. Yeah. 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 Who is the big, he's the big threat. Let's beat him up. <laughs> so great. It, it's it was a it was a good game, and I've not been that happy with a draw in a long time, really. That's true. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it was the performance. It wasn't just a back and forth game. It was we should have won this, but Notts County got lucky and did well to keep us out. They were defending with all their lives to keep us out, and then the fact that Notts County are doing that to us yeah. means that if we are playing. Uh, a Barnet or yeah. a Maiden Ed or a Kings Lane, we could potentially be ripping these teams apart. Yeah, I, I it's weird, isn't it? We've had two draws this season, and in other circumstances, we'd be so unhappy. You yeah, ninety fourth minute equaliser, and then letting a the team off the hook like we did with Notts County, and yet the, the wave of positivity is such that everyone's okay about it. Everyone's happy because you can see the direction we're heading in. And I know, obviously, it's, it's all about the new ownership, but I think it's also about being able to see the evidence in front of your eyes. Lots of quality players putting in quality performances. You know, I mean, and, what would you ask? And I say fair play to the fans. They could have 
some idiots could have booed at half time yeah, yeah, yeah. and they didn't they clapped and yeah. really as soon as we conceded a goal they really really got behind the team and I really like that um, and to be honest with you Notts County scored they celebrated like they won the game yeah yeah and uh, that says a lot, doesn't it? Well, the reaction of the fans, I thought, was superb yeah. after we let the goal. And like you say, they yeah. also make a lot of noise. Although it, it may have been partly down to Cal Roberts, the Notts County substitute. I didn't realise this until my dad told me, because he was sitting down the front and the county subs were warming up in front of them. And when County scored, he turned around to the Wrexham fans and, how shall I put this politely, shouted expletives at the fans. And that also riled Wrexham's fans up. And when Wrexham equalised, he was in front of the same lot of fans who, I can assure you, <laughs> they gave him, pointed out the irony of the situation. Love shall it. Shall we put it that way? Love it. But the thing about that point in the game was when we were behind, um, I had, oh, I think all those Wrexham fans were making so much noise. I had no doubt that we would come back at yeah. them. And I, I didn't feel worried that we'd lose. If I'm honest with you, mm. when we let that goal in, and my, my main concern was, oh, we might only draw this now. Yeah. I had no doubt we'd score past them. I had no doubt we'd come back at them strongly. And when we scored too early in the second half, I felt pretty darn confident we'd win it. Yeah. But I think we tired a little. Two games in three days. In the last half hour, the, the, the pace just went out of two, us a little, which is totally normal. Two quality sides we've played in, two, in that yeah. amount of days as well. Exactly. It's, it's not like yeah. we're playing a poor side one day who we should be beating 2-0. And then not to count. We, 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 yeah. Our first three games, I can't stress I'm how happy I am. That we've not, we've avoided a loss through the start of the season where we, we've got a new squad. Is we played Solio, I, I personally think could be contending for top four, top five this season. Yeah, we've got Eastley who could be, will be in and around the playoffs because they always are. We've got Notts County who could be pushing for the title, and in all three of those games, we look good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we've that. we've avoided defeat and. Going on to the South End game, which will be covered on a preview podcast soon on the Rex AFC uh, YouTube. <laughs> Keep out for that. Um, if we go into that game and avoid a loss again, it's it's another tough away game that we can build upon. Yeah. While we're going through these teething issues and gelling. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all looking quite positive. I mean, let's be honest. This is the time going to play us before we settle down properly. Yeah. Well, if this is what we look like before we settle down properly, the rest of the league's got a bit of an issue. I was being a bit facetious in the game, after the game, saying, oh, I feel sorry all the poor Notts County players are all in their changing room now, saying, oh, well, playoffs again. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um, Yeah, I, I'm thinking this year, not, let's not just make playoffs. Come on, let's just go, go run for the title. We oh, just, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> why, why, why should we be settling for playoffs with a side of this quality? We could be going for that title, and I think there's no, there's no reason unless we have some drastic injury problems. There's no reason why we can't. After this, now we're going to be talking about the new signing and our transfers in general. I'm Liam McLendon, and this is Dragon Heart. Well, the transfer window has come to a close, and we managed to sneak a deadline deal, didn't we? Yeah, and we were expecting more than one, and we weren't expecting a wing-back. Um, and at first I was a bit bemused, thinking, OK, I feel like we need maybe another centre-back. I feel like, you know, if we're going to play three at the back, I feel like we need maybe a, a sort of destructive midfielder. And we've got neither. But the more I think about it, I think Bright Susanna is a, a very smart signing. Mm. I think part of the reason I think that is this the style of play that we're adopting, the style we've been talking about, the, the direct passing, fast yeah. play, intelligent pressing. Um, well, I mean, Bryce Susanna's been to the ultimate finishing school for that style of football, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, working under Marcelo Bielsa for two yeah. years, he's, that's exactly what he's been tutored in. He's, he's been working with the best. Um, so he's prepared for that sort of play. And then, as well as that, you sort of look at it now and you understand, okay, why did we not bring another centre-back in? Well, partly because of what we talked about before, because Max Cleworth has shown that he's not a player that needs to be loaned out now. He's a player who can be trusted by Parkinson, who's trusted him in two games out of the three. And also that Tyler French has shown that he's looked solid pre-season and at Solihull, he can do a good job at centre-back. So that backup is actually was actually there all along. 
Yeah. And maybe you don't need French as backup for Hall Johnson, although he can clearly do a good job. But we want him as backup more for centre back or available as a centre back. So it, it made it made sense and it, addre it um, addressed that issue. I think it makes sense, hundred percent. Tyler French, I think, was a really good right-sided centre back last season. He linked up really well with Riesel yeah, Johnson at times. Yeah, yeah I've, he's you got to remember he's a young player himself, isn't he? So yeah, I think the more players you can play several positions at once stops us from having a crisis at some point. Yeah. If we do have centre backs injured, if we do have. If Hosanna gets injured, then we have Tyler French who can just slot into the right wing yeah, back yeah. position. Yeah. So I think having more, one, uh, two or three cup, uh, utility players, like Dave Jones as well, who can slot in at centre yeah. back as well as Holden midfielder, it's sensible and yeah, yeah. it's clever. So I think signing Hosanna, my first initial reaction was is Resol Johnson's injury a lot worse than we anticipated? Oh, it wasn't really mine. I think if, I mean, if you're going to miss 10 games, He's going to miss about 15 matches. That's a third of the season. So, you know, I mean, it's it's already substantial what we're, what the club yeah. is admitting. Um, I just think that if if Azan is a player that Parkinson's got on his radar anyway, that he fancies, Leeds were willing to let him go on a free, which is very good of them to, to basically to not stand in the way of his career. Then that's a really it's it's a deal you don't turn your nose yeah, up, especially at the moment when we have got money to spend. Um, you know what? Why not get him in, and then they can have a scrap him and Paul Johnson. Yeah. I mean, it's it might feel weird to say this after last season, but Paul Johnson, you know, might find himself with the battle to get back in the team. And you know, I mean, it's it's great to have that level of competition in a position like that. The other thing that Hosanna brings in, like I said, do we need a controlling, destructive midfielder? Um, I'm less worried about that than I was a couple of weeks ago because when you look at the way we were playing our defensive line especially since the Solihull game when we didn't quite get it right I think is higher up the pitch and we are pressing better we're compressing space better so there's less space between the lines for players to get at us there was loads of space uh, in, on the edge of our area in the Solihull game we got mm. punished for it um, and there haven't been in the last two games because we've got that balance right. Now, I would argue if our, if our strategy means there's not much space between the lines, maybe you don't need a big, strong defensive yeah. midfielder because what's their job? To, to fill that space between the lines. Well, we're doing it by pushing the back the defence up. So we don't have to worry so much about that. We have got David Jones, who is a controlling midfielder, I would say, more yeah. than a defensive one. He protects you by, by looking after the ball back, but not necessarily by crunching and tackles. Although we did see a solid goal, he can't tackle. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, Hosanna coming in, freeing French as a centre-back, solves a centre-back issue, I think, along with Kleber's development. And then our style of play, I think, probably means we don't necessarily need that. We don't need a foot-on-the-ball playmaker because the midfield's role often is to move the ball quickly on and get at teams yeah. early rather yeah. than, you know, have the whole Juan Roman Raquel me. He's always the player that comes to my head, I think, like <laughs> in number 10, who has uh, La Pausa, the pause, gets the ball, puts his foot on the ball, surveys the scene. He's got some little ratter like Diego Simeone or Gary Medellin, <laughs> who's going to kick anyone who goes near him. I said there's probably some American football comparison here, but I don't understand <laughs> it enough. And then he will select his pass carefully. And delicately play it. Don't need that when you when you bang bang bang. Oh, got Jake Hayes hides one on one with the keeper. Don't need that sort of yeah. player. Exactly. Yeah. And um, our transfer, our summer transfer as a whole, I can't really remember a time where we've had a better one. Well, never had so much money. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. Exactly. True. Right. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I've. The signings after signings that we've made yeah. have all been, you could argue every one of the signings, maybe bar Dave Jones, Breezley and Lennon, could all sign for League One sides. Yeah, yeah, and even in their cases... I mean, they could be squad players at League One level. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, Jones's age and injury yeah. record, really, Lennon's injury record. Yeah, you know, that's what stops them, yeah. Them, yeah. Um, oh, McElindon, of course, I keep forgetting, yeah. forgetting about him. We've signed so many people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think they could all be League One signs. Paul Mullen, 
could be a championship signing. Well, the way I'm looking at this now as well, thinking about where Hazana fits in and what he does to complete the squad and, and why we didn't bring in the centre-back, mm. centre-mid that, that everyone, including me, was sort of thinking about. What's our second eleven? Which, like you were saying, like an FA Trophy eleven. Now, I'm not going to insult players by saying this is definitely the first eleven, and here's the second. But what I'll say, let, let's say, for sake of argument, looking at the way that the teams have been picked in the first three games, the sort of eleven that's sort of settled in that is Linton in goal, yeah, and then you've got Hayden Tozer, Lennon, shall we say, as the yeah. third centre back because he was rested because they don't want to give him two games in yeah. three days while he's still in rehab. Uh, right wing back, let's say Hall Johnson, left wing back, record. Yeah. Then you've got centre mids, Young, Davis, Jones, yeah. and up front, Mullen and Hyde. Don't think I would argue that it makes sense to describe that as a yeah. first level. I'm not saying that's definitely the first level. Right, let's look at that second eleven then, because firstly he's done what I really like anyway. We've got two decent players for each position. Yeah. And I think that this second eleven would be a decent National League side. Yeah. Um, well, it has one flaw, <laughs> which we'll get to in a sec. Um, Dibble in goal. Yeah. Rock solid. I mean, yeah. The best backup keeper you'll get at this level. Very lucky, I think, to, to keep him rather than it wants to be a first team somewhere else. Yeah. Back three, you've got Brisley, Claire with French. It's decent. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. So it's not sensational, but it's decent yeah. at this level. It's two, ve two very young centre halves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, decent. And to lead them. Uh, yeah. that, that's a decent back three. Your wing backs then, if Hall Johnson's first, right, you've you seen him, but you know, we're here with things. And then Cam Green on the left. Two very good yeah. um, Premier League trained well, left yeah, wing back yeah. and right wing backs who could potentially be the first team. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a big admirer of Cam Green yeah. in a lot of different ways. I'm really impressed by yeah. him. They could easily be the first choice. Yeah. We, we don't know yeah. yet, do we? The midfield is not is, is the weak point of it, yeah. but I've got to say it's weak because of the balance, not because of the players. Yeah. David Jones, uh, Dan Jarvis, Liam McAlinden. It's a bit front foot for my liking. It? Could, could be fun though to watch if it, it works out watch, well. But yeah. I'm not sure. If, yeah, you'd have to pick your opposition well, I think. Yeah. Um, but three good players, yeah. and then your backup forward line, as you said earlier, Angus and Ponticelli. That's a decent side. I'm not saying it's a promotion winning side, but it's a top half of the National League side, I would argue. Um, and if you break it down like that, then I think that's the ultimate proof we had a good transfer window. Yeah. We've, we've got really good balance. And in fact, I in the FA Trophy games, I'd like to see that second team play, to see how they'd work. I'd, I'd love to see yeah. that. I think I find that always interesting when you see your rotation squad come in and see mm. see how they play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, let's be fair as well. Some of those players may well break in. Like I said, yeah. it's, it's quite a tight call in a lot of them. Yeah, McLinden's the first yeah. one I was going to think of. I think he's a good player, um, and it'll be interesting to see how we might look to accommodate him. I think we'll see, and I think we'll see a lot of Diorangas this season yeah. up top yeah. as well. I think for certain games, when when you need a bit of pace, why not stick him on? But we've got that depth, haven't we? That's yeah. just fantastic. And Ponticelli's had a fantastic pre-season yeah, as well. Yeah, the pace sharp, he? And, and yeah. I think his quality, he could be a, a fantastic player, but I just don't think he's not touched his potential yet. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good to see him given an opportunity, but the problem for him is we've got getting a lot it. of good strikers. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting that opportunity, yeah. isn't it? It's a shame in a way that last season the Cups came earlier, didn't they? Yeah. In a way, it's a yeah. shame for players like him and Angus, they're not maybe getting a, a start in those games to make a point. Well, FA Trophy will be round the corner, won't it? When does that usually yeah, start? Not, is it October time, is it? Yeah, it's something like that, isn't it? I can't remember <laughs> yeah, now. You can't but, think off the top of my head. Yeah, but I think it's the same as normal, which is more October, November. Yeah. So um, the Cup and the, and the Trophy tend to be around the same point. I'd like to see us have a run in that. Why not? He might pick first team. He might, he might go all in. He might, but I, I also think... FA Trophy and things like that, and even the FA Cup, depending on who you tie, it's a great opportunity for the the other the other players to have a good run out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when we have a few players who do have injury issues as well. It's good to rotate the other yeah. players in as well. So yeah, yeah it's <laughs> the transfer market as a whole. It's been a really really exciting one for Wrexham and. It's just a really exciting time to be a Wrexham fan. I keep on saying that all the time. I feel like a broken record, but it's. I feel like everyone's saying this, aren't they? Well, if we have a broken record, we've got Cam Green to come in, haven't we? Oh, 
Thank you very much. And on that point, <laughs> we'll be talking about the long throws. I'm Jake Hyde, and this is Dragonheart. Well, there was one aspect that we didn't rate in the Notsack County game, that was Toza's towel. Which I think <laughs> I think all four of them had an excellent game, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, talk about squad rotation, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of good movement in those towels, because in the second half, the, the lads that were at the, uh, the Rex Rent end moved into the other half to give him less distance to reach. <laughs> yeah, it's very good, very good. It's it very much a game of throw-ins. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the throw-ins, it's going to be a useful tool for a team of our level, isn't it, this year? It is, but... Yeah. We both have our reservations as well, don't we? Yeah, and I, I, I like it, I think it's great. Yeah. It's a bit samey, maybe, that we're constantly pinging into the goal mouth, the other side to know what's coming. Um, I know I, I'm being daft saying that, but the thing is, I may have said this last week, but Curtis Obeng is the last one had a decent throw, and I can recall that we used regularly, and we didn't tend to score off them. I, I'm sure we scored one like directly from the throw, and that was it. Yeah. But the thing is that these floaty little balls into the box, as long as the keeper doesn't grab them, are quite hard to clear, and so you're able to fight and win the ball back on the edge of the box. And so within that second ball on the edge of the area, it does lead to chances yeah. and does lead to goals. And looking through my notes over the last two games, we did have quite a few half chances or, de or decent chances, which came f originally from the throw, but then it was cleared. And yeah. then we got the second ball and we got it back in and the defence is disorganised. So in a way, that's the strength. I don't think we'll score many directly from it, but it just puts the wind up defenders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's good, but I, I don't think we should expect to be scoring from them. It's more the, the disruption and confusion and potential for hitting them straight back in there before they've got their defensive shape back that, that is useful for it. You may also get a corner from them or yeah. something yeah. like that. I think when the conditions get a bit worse, I think they might actually come into better play when the, yeah. when the goal mouth's a bit uh, slidey and what have you, and the ball's a bit wet, it might become a bit more of a useful tool and I, I think it's good but I think we used it too much against yeah. Notts County I think Notts County are dealing with it really well in all fairness to them I would have liked to have maybe have Luke Young or Jones loitering on the edge and maybe throwing it back to Clareworth and laying it off to them for a shot Was it did he do that against Notts County I don't think he did did he no and he, Eastley no. he did and we made a chance from it yeah. he, he lined up looked like it was a long throw and then everybody's penned in the six yard box and it's a little bit like that Luke Young goal from a corner I remember when we played it back to the edge yeah, yeah. everyone's penned in, in the six yard box the, all the teams have scouted us they know that's what we do from corners and the keeps so then we ping it straight to Young and he scores yeah. and it's that we did try something similar where Toes was back on the advertising audience at Eastleigh leaning back and then when you think he's going to ping it in and the fans are making all the noise he threw it into Jordan Davis and he swung it into the box from a different angle yeah I, um, I, I like that yeah. I like doing things like that I think we should have done a bit more of that yeah. I think sometimes instead of waiting for, uh, for Toes to come over just do, it, do, it, do a quick throw get records recycle it quick as well yeah. sometimes so it's keeping the a team on its toes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then when you start asking questions of teams and they don't know quite what to expect, they've got to make difficult decisions then. So yeah. once you, if you try what you say, quick throw, uh, or not quick throw, the set it all up, but then short throw, shot comes in, Yeah. then next time they've got to make the decision, all right, are we going to put two people on the edge now to try and cover that sort of thing? Because then we've got fewer players to go with. What, what do we do now? And you're, you're making them second guess their planning and make decisions on the spot that they haven't prepared for. I mean, they will have prepared for that, but it's still, you know, they've got to start, you know, that's the point where things start to break down and players don't pick up men, and then maybe the long throw works better. It, um, it's it's going to work at some point, whether we don't get a goal directly from it, but we get a duck goal because we've had a throw in yeah. at some point. I think it's a fantastic tool to use, but I don't think maybe we should use it as frequently. Yeah, mixing it up a little bit makes sense. Yeah. The closest we come to actually scoring from his long throws directly so far was um, right at the end of the Notts County yeah. game, a defender, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a near post throw, quite shorter than usual, 
and the defender um, got up and nearly headed it into his own net. The other thing I think, there was one, I can't remember exactly what happened with it, but there was one Notts County one that I liked because he changed the angle. Yeah. Because he has been aiming exclusively into the goal mouth and then he changed it up a bit and he threw it more towards the penalty spot. And I think that caught Notts County out a little bit. And yeah. I, see, I can't remember what, so I think somebody, Wrexham player got the first header on that, but it was a bit of a scramble and nothing came of it. But just, yeah, just a little bit of variety, just just throw teams off, don't they? I, I was impressed with how Notts County's keeper was dealing with the throw-ins yeah, for the most part yeah. as well. I think his positioning was excellent. I think a keeper who's a bit shy to come off their line may really struggle yeah. with those throw-ins. So. I mean, that, that is so true. Yeah, so uh, I yeah. think, I think... Against, I'd say, oh, is it um, Slocum, County's keeper? Yeah. He's obviously one of the better keepers in this league, isn't he? So he was he was dealing with them, most of them, and I thought maybe we need to change it up. But against the keeper who is, you know, a bit low on confidence, yeah. the weather's a bit bad, he might slip, it might be. Because yeah. a throwing comes at a, a really strange trajectory, doesn't it, compared to a, a corner. So it, it's going to be... I am very, very excited, but however, I think if it's not working, the keeper looks like they're reading it a lot, I think we go try something else. Yeah, um, he has had a lot of time to work on that, has he? Yeah. He's been with me, but this week he's played two games, and playing two games like that cuts down on preparation time. Uh, well, yeah, well, so he came in on the Friday, and then he's played two games in the next three days, so yeah. he's had, they've had very little time to work on it, but it looked threatening. Yeah. You're right, aren't you, that a less confident keeper is going to have an issue there because you're going to be crowding him. He's not going to like that anyway. I'm speaking as a short goalkeeper in the past. Yeah. Don't like being crowded. Don't like people challenging me for stuff in the air. So yeah, you're right. Some keepers will just that 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 sort of attrition. In the end, they'll do something stupid or make a mistake. With the better ones, though, of course, we yeah. do need that variety because you know, if if I was six foot five and fancied myself in the air, then I'd be thinking, oh, good, it's a throw. Yeah. Because they they put, they put them all in the goal mouth. And I'll have all them. I'll, I'll, if I can't catch them, I'll definitely punch them. Yeah. You know, I've got a nice advantage of my long arms. No one else can use arms. Yeah. I will. I will attack those, and I'll deal with every single one. And then it becomes where you've got to try and alter angles, yeah. alter or strategy. Just don't use them. Get, uh, yeah, or not use them. Yeah, yeah, or make the keeper think. Get into that state of mind where he's just coming for it all the time. And then that's when you drop it between the penalty spot yeah. and the six yard box. Keeper starts coming, and then thinks I'm stuck in the crowd here. Our problem there is going to be referees, isn't it? Yeah. And, and referees tend to give fouls if goalkeepers have contact on them. And as a goalkeeper, again, I often agree with referees when other people don't. Yeah. Having said that, there is often a sort of default position of, oh, he's dropped it below the whistle. I was, I was impressed with the ref on Monday that the, that time, in, right at the end of the 90s, when Slocum dropped it and it got hit French and he grabbed hold of it, French couldn't react. That the ref didn't give the foul because yeah. it was just a mishandling. Yeah. And I suppose that, that bears your point out here with a confident keeper like him, you do it enough, ultimately you'll make a mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'm looking forward to seeing how a nervous keeper, they're going to be thinking, not only am I I'm running through a bad state of stint of form at the moment, which is the worst thing for a goalkeeper, yeah. you're thinking, I'm going to have these balls pelted at me for the way we're playing at the moment a good seven or eight times in the game. With Aaron Hayden one side of me and yeah. Sean Brisley the other and Jake Hyde there and yeah. Paul Mullen chirping at me. And even, <laughs> I know it's, it may be a long shot if we renew him, we could have Kwame Thomas back towards the end of the season as well. I guess, yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> yeah. You could yeah. have Thomas, Hayden, <laughs> Brisley, Lennon's a big lad as well, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine dealing with that as a keeper, that's quite intimidating, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait, it's going to be great. So yeah, also hopefully another thing that's going to be great is the South End game next Saturday. So please, 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 please tune into our preview, which will be coming up. We'll be uploading that tomorrow, won't we? Yeah, on hopefully. the Friday. Uh, on the Friday. This is going out on Friday though, so we'll be uploading that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> possibly before Dragonheart. Yeah, yeah, possibly <laughs> before Dragonheart. Um, We've got a, I got a few more things we need to go through on that. So yeah, we've got that to go for. We've got all the amazing stuff that the media team posts on YouTube and Twitter. So keep up to date with that, and hopefully it's another positive result come Saturday. Yeah, they've got to travel confidently down there. Yeah, it's like they, you know they've scored one goal 
in three games. Literally, they've only let in one goal in three games, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. they're still trying to find their feet, and we are, look like we're heading in a positive direction. So we've got to, we've got to trap down there confidently mm -hmm. and look for the win. Live commentary on Mixler, yeah, podcast well, after the game, yeah, probably on the Sunday because I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the game at South End, unfortunately, right. and because of that, um, I won't get the footage promptly until Sunday to do a podcast on it, but. You'll get all the usual good stuff coming at you over the weekends and of course the match centre on the club website as well to keep in touch with it. Yeah, yeah. Highlights midnight on Monday morning. Yeah, and everyone who's going down, it's a long journey. Make sure you're nice and safe. Keep yourself yeah. safe. And let's hope we get another positive result. Absolutely. Enjoy the, the cockles and whelks and stuff in South End. That's what you've got to do. Got to get some... Some raw um, seafood, in you? The crazy Essex accent as well. Oh, absolutely. It's always something to enjoy, isn't it? So My recollection of Southend is they're, they're a friendly bunch, so I think anyone down there should have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So, enjoy. Adios, muchachos. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.